This is the Busy People Podcast hosted by Nicole Hope and Victoria Albuquerque. Dropping knowledge on all things health, wellness, and lifestyle because you're never too busy to learn something new. Okay, so we're here at episode number nine, the Busy People Podcast. Big information, little bites, we're all super busy, but this one you need to take some time out and check out. We are talking to Victoria Maskell all about BWRT, and if you're thinking, what is that? Um, Yeah, same. But it's actually Brain Working Recursive Therapy. It's probably the coolest thing I've heard of in a long time, so super excited for you guys to check it out. We started the conversation thinking this was going to be like a little bit about hypnosis, but we went into BWRT more exclusively because it's so interesting and it's this like new wave therapy that's coming out of essentially the UK, right, Vic? Like, or, um, so Victoria is a money mindset coach, a BWRT master coach, and she also has a podcast and it is called the Positivity and Prosperity Podcast. But this technique, BWRT, can, as she says, it can rewire certain things in your mind with one session. So this is something definitely tune into, learn a bit a little bit more. Yeah, if you're I feel like if you're looking to get to the like root cause and actually see quick changes in some of your like mindset or behaviors this is something that you've got to hear about and you've got to try. This is one thing that one takeaway that I think will will hook you into wanting to listen to this because basically what this is designed to do is to quickly and permanently change the way that your brain reacts to certain situations. And what really got me was um, these little anecdotes that she told about people who tried this in Mm -hmm. one session and then notice results right away. Yeah, and I think it's perfect for people who want to work on an issue but might be nervous or um, hesitant to like talk about their past or go into all of that. It's really um, a a much more like fast-paced technique. Yes, like you don't have to go through two years of therapy (laughs) to get to the root of the problem. (laughs) This gets there, like can get there in one session. Yeah, it's pretty wild. We all have issues. <laughs> Let's deal with it. Yeah. And <laughs> listen to Victoria. She'll talk all about it. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. We are too. And for everyone listening, our guest today is Victoria Maskell. She's a money mindset coach, BWRT master coach, and host of the Positivity and Prosperity podcast. So, Victoria, we're so excited that we get the chance to talk with you today. Before we get started, um, can you take a minute to introduce yourself and maybe talk a little bit about how you became a mindset coach? Sure, I would love to do that. And thank you for having me. I'm really, yeah, really looking forward to this. So my name is Victoria Maskell. I am a mindset coach, broadly speaking, and I specialize in helping people to understand the power of their mind and how to use that 
to transform areas of their life that aren't working. So one of the things I love looking at is things like money mindset, but I also help people with things like imposter syndrome, anxiety, fears and phobias. And it all kind of came about really because um, my background is psychology. So I've got a degree in psychology and cognitive neuroscience. And I think like lots of people, I left university and thought, oh gosh, I don't know what I want to do. I know I love this subject, but I don't know what this is going to look like. So I ended up training in hypnosis. And again, thinking, I think I want my own business, but I don't know what that looks like. I worked in education for quite a while. And then it all kind of came full circle. And I thought, right, I want to do this as a business. I want to support people. Um, I want to do this day in, day out. And that's kind of how I came around to being a mindset coach. So very focused on the psychology, um, the neuropsychology, how our brains works, and, and kind of helping people to feel better about whatever is going on in their life. That's kind of how I got to where I am today. Thank you so much for your introducing yourself. Um, so you talked about hypnosis, which I think people are a little more familiar with than BWRT. But I also think yeah. people, when they think about hypnosis, have this like vision that you're waving like a little thing in front of their face and they're going into some trance or like that it's a little woo-woo. So um, mm -hmm. do you want to, I, I don't know if you would rather start by explaining what BWRT is and then we can kind of talk about the differences and then like break mm -hmm. down some of those misconceptions if that works for you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I love talking about both hypnosis and BWRT because BWRT is something that not so many people have heard of. Hypnosis is, is more of a, oh, I've heard of that. So uh, maybe if I start with hypnosis and then I'll tell you how kind of BWRT is similar and different. That sounds good. Um, I, I came into hypnosis because I had really, really severe panic attacks and panic attacks that came at a point in my life when stuff was going really well, actually. Um, I was at university, you know, great friendships. I was really enjoying my course, but anxiety kind of just washed over me and I was getting these feelings like I couldn't swallow. I went to the doctors. They were like, no, you're fine. There's nothing stuck in your throat. I was like, I can't breathe. I was going to the um, A&E kind of saying something's wrong with me. And they're like, there's really not, there's nothing wrong with you. So I went to a hypnotherapist kind of as a like last resort, a bit skeptical about hypnosis, very much thinking it was going to be like pocket watches and they were going to click their fingers and I was suddenly going to be like in a trance. And it's just not like that. I think when I see clients and they talk about hypnosis, the biggest fear is that someone is going to be in control of how you think and what you do. And that's just not the case. I understand completely why people think that because it's what you see on TV, isn't it? You see people on a stage, you see them dropping their trousers or like drinking vinegar and all of these crazy things. So hypnosis is actually a state that probably everyone listening to this has been in at some point already today so let's say you're on your morning walk and you are just loving the scenery and you're just really chilled maybe you're walking your dog something like that you're in a light stage of hypnosis um, if you've been watching a film and you're really into the film and maybe something happens and you jump you're in a light stage of hypnosis because it's when you can kind of tune out your conscious mind, tune out that little voice that's saying, have we done this and have we done that? And what about this? And should I do this? And just get into what I would call a focused state of relaxation. And for me, hypnosis is like an even deeper level of brain waves than something like meditation. I know some people can get into really deep kind of theta waves with meditation. Hypnosis is like that even more 
and with a direction. So if you're having hypnosis, there's something that you want to change. Now, BWRT is, so as you said, it stands for Brain Working Recursive Technique. And in the kind of, kind of, world of all these sorts of tools and techniques it's relatively new it's been around since about 2012 it is gaining massive traction because it is so incredibly effective and it works in a similar way in that we know that so much of what we do starts from the subconscious so um, as we're kind of talking on here if I was sat in front of you and I took this pen and I threw this pen at your faces which would be very rude of me but if I did that what would you do probably flinch or like jump back a little bit right move yeah yeah exactly and would you have to consciously think about the flinch the move the grab it no no and exactly that so what's happening is your subconscious perceives oh my gosh there's something flying towards us quick react and you do now if you had to consciously make that decision you'd be hit in the face with the pen because the conscious processing of why is Victoria throwing a pen at me? I need to do something about this. What should I do? Well, like, you're going to get hit in the face. So we know that we make these decisions from our subconscious, whether that is a decision to buy something, whether that is a decision to start an anxiety response, whatever it is, it comes from the subconscious. So BWRT and hypnosis both work on that, but they work in very different ways because hypnosis is about this really deep state of relaxation. BWRT is more kind of rapid, quick fire. You are um, sitting up rather than reclining or laying down. And I would say it was a more fast paced, active response. But the commonality is the understanding that behavior 95% of the time comes from our subconscious. So if you want to make changes, you need to start at that root. That's that's kind of them in a nutshell, I guess. So would you, for both of them, you're still coming into the um, session, let's say, with a goal in mind or a behavioral change in yeah. mind? Yeah, exactly. And, and there's massive scope for what that behavioral change or goal might be. So it could be anything from, you know, classic fears and phobias. So the person who's scared of spiders, scared of flying, scared of heights. Yeah. It could also be things like wanting to feel more confident. So I work with a lot of business owners who either need to kind of do speaking events and maybe that's out of their kind of wheelhouse, their comfort zone. It could be looking at things like imposter syndrome, which I think so many of us feel, you know, that I think I'm going to get found out. Someone's going to turn around and say, who are you to have a podcast? Who are you to do this? And all of these things really hold us back from taking actions. So the beauty, I think, of BWRT, and I think one of the reasons I absolutely love using it, is because I've seen everyone from, I think the youngest person I've seen is about six, up until someone who I think was about 78, ranging from things like intense fear of slugs to wanting to change the way they go food shopping because they felt like they were just craving all of these chocolates and bad foods, all the way to like money mindset stuff. You know, the scope is just massive. But the, the commonality again is knowing something isn't quite where you want it to be and understanding that you can make a change in your life in that mindset. So when you say, when you mention like rapid fire for the BWRT, does that mean rapid fire, like you're asking a lot of questions to the person, the client, or like you're guiding them through like rapid succession of images? Like, what does that mean? 
It's it's more of the latter, to be honest. So if we were comparing like a hypnosis session with a BWRT session, they both start out with a lot of digging. And that digging is kind of, what do you want? How do you want to feel? What's going on? Because a lot of the time, you know, someone might say, oh, I feel really anxious about, let's say, speaking in public. But it's not just that. It's like, well, what about it, is it? What are you fearing? What is your subconscious actually flagging as danger that's making you blush, nervous, apprehensive? So it's the, the first bit is questions around the digging side of things. The hypnosis route would then take you into a super relaxed, calm state. We might have some background music on and it would be using a lot of visual imagery, a lot of metaphors, because these are the language of your subconscious. BWRT, the actual process is, in fact, it actually says on my consent form, because any BWRT practitioner uses the same consent form, it's a really good, um, what's the word I'm searching for? There's the BWRT Institute, which makes sure every practitioner is using the process in the same way. And on the consent form, it says, the practitioner might use their voice in a strange way. And people are always like, Victoria, are you gonna do accents? Are you gonna <laughs> shout at me? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just gonna talk really, really quickly. So this is the rapid bit because your conscious mind, it doesn't matter if your conscious mind hears it or not. It's all about your subconscious and your subconscious is, only, is always listening. And you only have to think of, um, if you've ever been going to sleep before a flight or before a meeting and you wake up like two minutes before your alarm and you're like, how did I know to wake up right now? How did that happen? It's your subconscious because it's always listening and it's always kind of keeping time and it's like time to wake up now. So your subconscious is always listening. So yeah, that's the rapid bit. It's more the actual BWRT protocol where there's a lot of um, rapid fire questions, imagery, walking you through the process to make that change at a kind of neural level. Neural level. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so... I have been listening to your podcast, like I said, which um, if anyone hasn't listened, mm -hmm. definitely should tune in because there's so much great information. But I know that you're really into the science aspect of of any mindset change, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I know this could be a, a podcast episode interview on its own <laughs> for hours, but could you just explain, you know, for people who really like aren't totally bought into this idea that this works or that we can change our mindset. Can you talk a little bit about the science behind these techniques or just the ability um, for ourselves to change our mindset and the science that's connected with that? Maybe that would be like a easier way to talk yeah. about it. And I think that's a great question because I am one of those people that can't just be like, oh yeah, that's, that makes sense. I'll do it. Like I have to know the, the why behind it. And like I said at the start, when I kind of came to hypnosis, it was a last resort type thing. It was a, I'm desperate. I don't know what hypnosis looks like, but I'm willing to try everything and anything. So I, as I said at the start as well, my background is psychology and cognitive neuroscience. And the cognitive neuroscience bit is all about how our brain works and how the neural connections, which are just brain cells sending each other messages, impact who we are as people. Because if you think of any decision you've made today, whether that's whether you've exercised, whether you've made a cup of coffee, whether you've decided to listen to a podcast, that came from your mindset. Something was saying, we want to do this. So if you think of a thought or a belief, whatever it might be about, as just a connection between brain cells. So our brain is constantly sending electrical messages. It's like this interconnected network of messages. Well, the more you think a certain thought, like coffee is great, coffee energizes me, 
you reinforce that connection. So think of it as like um, roads, you know, like if you have a fast motorway or um, highways, they are really strong, they're really wide, and hopefully you can get information sent really quickly. The beliefs you hold are just strengthened neural connections. Now the brain is really clever, and the brain wants to send the fastest zips of information. So we repeat the same thoughts and we become creatures of habits because those neural connections are really strong. Your brain doesn't want to think different thoughts because that's like going down some windy country road with bumps and twists and turns. That's going to be difficult. So it's like, let's just keep doing what we're doing. And it's also clever in that it has this process of called synaptic pruning, which basically means it chops off little connections that it doesn't use anymore. So maybe when you were at high school, you learned, I don't know, something about a historical fact or something about chemistry. You haven't thought about it since. Your brain goes, we clearly don't need this fact. Let's get rid of it. So number one, we can get rid of thoughts that don't serve us. But what I think is more important is that we can actually rewire, even if we have been thinking the same thing since we were five years old, we can rewire that with this process of neuroplasticity. So... What that basically means is your brain can change and shift. And there is so much research around this. As you said, Nicole, like we could do a whole podcast episode on this. So let me just say, if anyone wants to know any more, I'm more than happy to kind of send them some links and some studies. But basically we know through brain imaging, through brain scans, that our brains change. We grow gray matter in certain parts of the brain if we use that. Um, that old adage of like, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's wrong. You can change. You ca even if you think, oh, I've just been like this forever. I'm just, I'm so bad with money or I've always been a really shy person. If you want to change that and you can see a reason why, then you can do that and you can change it at a, at a kind of neurophysical level. Because what you're going to do is you're going to put in neural, new neural connections and you're going to reinforce those and you're going to put positive emotion into them so that your brain is like, this feels great. This is really easy. Let's keep thinking like this. And then the old thoughts either get pruned or they just shrivel and weaken. And then it's like, oh yeah, I used to think like that, but I don't feel like that anymore. And I think the amazing thing about BWRT is I've seen that happen in one session. I've seen someone, well, I've seen many people, but there's this one person in particular that just stands out where he um, was suffering some intense grief. He'd lost both of his parents. He was an only child. And at the start of the session, if he talked about them, thought about them, he just burst into tears. There was such strong emotion. At the end of the session, when I said, think back to those memories, talk to me about them, there was just this beautiful smile across his face. And he was just like, I just can see the happiness. I just don't feel the same. And that is the neuroplasticity plasticity that's rewiring the way he thought and felt about a situation so <laughs> there it is in a nutshell no that's honestly that's a really good overview because I know this is there's so much that goes into this but um no that was great thank you Vic did you want to ask something I was just going to ask is that a normal response or would you say that's kind of out of the norm for someone to have um an immediate result or reaction like that? The thing with BWRT is, I would say that's fairly normal. Um, it's it's really, really effective. I, obviously, everyone is different. Everyone's brains are wired differently. Um, I would never sit here and say, any person with any problem, one session and it's done, because it doesn't work like that. If you think of your brain as that kind of mind map, that interconnecting kind of ideas, anxiety as a word, for example, could be five different things. 
you might just say, oh, I feel anxious. If you think of like generalized anxiety. So it might be actually needing to work on different areas. But what I find is really common in sessions is when we come back to, okay, think about that worst feeling or that worst memory. People sort of do this thing, and I know this won't translate quite so well on the podcast, so I'll try and describe it, but they sort of look around as if to say, uh, uh, hang on a minute, right, I'll find it, because they've started with a really strong feeling, and by the end of it, it's almost like, oh, I don't feel like that anymore. It feels really small, it feels grey, it feels like further away, and that, I find, is really, really common with BWRT, and it's it's just so nice to see people have that that freeingness or that freedom, if you like, of, oh, I feel so much lighter because, you know, anxiety and stress and all of these things can really weigh us down. So to be able to feel some lightening, even if it's just in one session, I think is is just awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I guess I was curious, um, do you find that people should have one thing in mind when they come to a session? Um, or, you know, sometimes people have, you know, lots going on and lots of different anxieties. So how would that work? Yeah, I think, um, it's not uncommon for people to come to me for something like, um, you know, they're going on a trip, they want to speak at an event, they come with something. And then the next week they're like, okay, I've got my list now. (laughs) And one thing I really want to talk about is I, I just think it is such a positive thing as human beings to come to a session, whether this is with a coach or someone else and want to be our best selves like there is such there has been and I hope it's changing but there's been such a negative stigma around there's something wrong with me I need some help whereas actually if we see it as wow I now know that I can change my brain I can change the way I think and feel how do I want to be do I want to increase my confidence it doesn't have to be that you're incredibly introverted and incredibly anxious maybe you're like I just want to amplify this bit of me Um, And I just wanted to say that because I think it's so good to see personal development being part of people's culture. Like we can all grow, we can all develop. Like I'm a mindset coach and I have a mindset coach. I need someone else to, you know, reflect stuff back to me. I'm always reading books and learning stuff and listening to great podcasts. And I just think it's so positive to see that. And I guess, yeah, to answer your question, most people come, most people come with a thing, like there's a, some, an event has happened or there is something that has made them go, I'm going to book a session with Victoria. And sometimes it's a feeling of, I don't feel quite right and I don't know why, can you help me? So then the start of the session is, right, let's do some digging, what's going on? How are you feeling in these different areas? You know, so 90% of the time there's a thing, but often that translates into, now can we work on this? And oh, can you help me with that? Okay. That's awesome. And yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. It's so great that, you know, self-improvement and positive life changes is like mainstream now because why, why would it ever be looked at as a bad thing? But, um, yeah, no, it's great that, um, we can talk about this and people who maybe haven't thought that they could make these changes or or were stuck Mm -hmm. feeling a certain way or behaving a certain way that that's not necessarily the case. So Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I guess for people who are listening and this is resonating with them and they're like, okay, I'd like to give this a try. What, what do you recommend maybe we keep in mind before attending one of these sessions? Yeah. And I would say just come to a session, whether it's with me or someone else with an open mind, with that idea of, um, you know, asking yourself a good question. What if this 
makes me feel better? What if this adds something positive into my life? Because it's completely normal to approach anything new with a little bit of apprehension or skepticism because you don't know what it's like. You know, your subconscious is going, but this is something new. What could it be like? It's apprehension is normal. But I think if you approach it saying, I'm going to give this a go and I'm going to give it my all and let's see how it goes. That is all I ask of people. Um, Because what you were saying there sort of really reminded me of when I was feeling that anxiety, I was just like, I'll do anything. I need to get out of this. I cannot, the idea of feeling like that forever was a no-go for me. I didn't know how to get out of it, but I just knew. And I, if anyone listens to any of my stuff, the main thing I would want them to kind of know is change is possible. Whether hypnosis and BWRT are the right route for them might be different, but there is going to be something. Whatever it looks like, change is completely possible. And we know that because of the science behind it. And I think that itself can just be really freeing because it takes some of that fear and panic off whatever's going on right now. So yeah, just coming into it with an open mind, being ready to ask questions. Um, I'm massively client-led in my sessions, so I'm always saying, whatever you want to ask, please do. How you want to take this, if you want to go down this route or that route, I'm happy to guide you, but this is your session, so it's what you want to get out of it. Um, and, And maybe just having, like, I start a coaching session by saying, what do you want to have at the end of this session that you don't have right now? And I think that helps both of us to have a really clear objective. And sometimes it's like, I just want to feel happier. Okay, great. And what does that look like? And how will you know? But I guess for anyone going for something like this, if you can start with an idea of what success looks like, what you want to get out of it, you're already on the right track. No, that's great. Um, I know you talked about the rapid fire questions and sitting up straight. Mm-hmm. So gave us a little bit of insight of what a typical session would look like. But can you can you maybe walk us through what um, a typical BWRT or one of your hypnosis sessions look like? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So uh, at the start of the session, it would be very much a kind of you know what do you want to get out of this? What does success look like? What is it that you are bringing to the table? How do you want to feel? Um, lots and lots of questions. Um, I always say to people, you know you can tell me as much or as little as you like. One of the great things about BWRT is it's it's, it's just so different from like old school techniques. Um, you're, you're not expecting to be there for weeks and weeks and months and months. And actually, if that is the case, something's not quite, quite going right because it is so different, so effective, so rapid. And yeah, at the start of it, I'm asking lots of questions to find out what the problem is, when that first started, what it feels like, really attaching physical feelings to it, like colors, shapes, textures, so that the person goes, oh, I never really thought, but anxiety feels like a feather in my chest, or it feels like a knot in my stomach, or it feels like a tightening or or whatever it is. Once we've done that, we actually kind of develop like three key things. We think about a worse memory. So imagine that that's like firing up the neural network around what you want to change. We think about a preferred response, so how you want to feel instead. And then we do this activity where we think about using the future and flashing forward so that it's almost as if you've become the version of you who's already got the success and then you're pulling that back into the now. Um, And then the rest of it is a little bit difficult to explain because you kind of have to experience it as part of the session. But yeah, sitting up, eyes closed, I'm talking very quickly, I'm talking you through the whole process. We're firing up the neural connections, we're freezing them and we're diverting the energy 
energy into that preferred response. So what you kind of end up with is your brain has associated how you want to feel into that neural network so that afterwards, let's say it was a a phobia of spiders, you might look at the spider and go, oh, there's a spider because your preferred response was a feeling of calmness or a feeling of, you know, the way you look at a butterfly or something. Um, and I've used it on myself and that is exactly the one I used. And I've gone to the stage where I'm like, oh, there's a spider. Oh, just get it in a glass. I put it outside and gone, oh my God, how did I do that? Because <laughs> I used to be so, so scared. And it's like, sometimes people say, will I feel different after the session? And, you know, everyone is different. But a lot of the time, you know, sometimes you feel a little bit lighter, but you don't necessarily feel different. And it's only when you're in the situation that was causing you the anxiety or the stress or whatever, that you realize that you just feel, most for people it's kind of calmness or whatever, and it's like, oh wow, I'm doing it. Oh wow, I haven't reacted. Oh my God. I had um, I had a great client who, she was one of the ladies who came with a list. She came with a first session. The next week she brought her notebook and she said, look, I wanna work on these things. And she'd been having, she'd got a great relationship with her husband, but she openly said that she would react to things incorrectly in her opinion she was like I just see this rage and I know he hasn't done anything wrong but it's causing a real problem because I can't help it she came back after a week after the session working on something else and I said oh you know how's your week been um how are you feeling about what we worked on and she said oh can I can I tell you next week because nothing's come up this week so I haven't been able to test it and I thought okay no problem the following week when I asked the same question she was like yeah it's weird nothing's come up so I haven't been able to test it and she looked at me and she went oh it's because I haven't been reacting and I was like exactly he hasn't changed the situation hasn't changed and she was like oh I get it now and and that it's that kind of feeling of she didn't get that instant kind of anger rage frustration because her brain wasn't wired like that anymore it was feeling the the preferred response feelings and yeah I just think that's a lovely example because no, that's great. It helps illustrate it. <laughs> and then do you think, um, well, is this something or these tools that you're giving to people that then they can use on their own? Because you kind of touched on, you know, you shouldn't necessarily be in these sessions for weeks and weeks and weeks working on the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, are they then just implementing these changes in their life themselves? So a lot of the time it's a, a bit of a one and done in that. So, for example, if I talk about my experience with the spiders, once I'd, I'd kind of gone through the process... I haven't needed to do it again. It's like the change has happened. If you think of the example of BWRT isn't like sticking a plaster on something. It's like getting to the root of it and it's healing it from that point, if if you you kind of get that analogy. Um, That being said, there are parts of BWRT where there are tools and techniques that I kind of teach people to use outside of it. Um, But that's more of a top up rather than a kind of they need that otherwise it wouldn't be sufficient if, if that kind of makes sense so unlike I don't know if it's the, sa- the same in the states but CBT is very popular here and obviously CBT is teaching people right you're thinking that thought can you challenge it where's the evidence okay what behaviors can you do instead um, and it can be massively effective and that's um, that's awesome and that works really well BWRT is very different to that in that the science behind it is suggesting that it's making the change on a subconscious level so that it doesn't come into your conscious mind. So rather than having to go, ah, I'm feeling like this, Mm -hmm. I would be saying your brain has already had like 50 meters of electrical activity that's happened in that split second. Rather than trying to stop it, it's like, oh, it didn't start in the first place. That's the sort of analogy I use. 
That's awesome because yeah, with CBT, I think that is probably the most common therapy that people speak uh, or seek out in the U.S. Um, yeah, like by the time you're having that reaction, yeah. it's already too late. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, obviously there's something wrong. I know that, but I'm still reacting. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, this is obviously a great way to, to deal with that. Um, I mean, we talk about anxiety and, and phobias. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say are some of the most, I don't know, common reasons or, or uh, why someone would seek out um, you know, a coach like you and, and, and go through BWRT? Uh, so kind of, I want to say almost like anything and everything, but I think if I, if I base it on the main things I see, I think imposter syndrome is a big one. Um, that feeling of not being good enough, that feeling of, can I do this? Am I good enough to be who I say I am and how that holds people back in terms of business a lot of the time and a lot of the time around money as well. So whether this is having conversations about pay rises or new jobs, or whether this is, in your business, your products, your services. I think anxiety around money is another big one. Um, As well, I think it all comes back down to a feeling of safety. So if you think back to the subconscious part of our brain, it's sometimes called the reptilian complex because it is literally one of the oldest parts of our brain that's original job was to protect us. And if you think back when we're in kind of like caveman times, what was safety? Safety was being part of a group because if you were part of a group, there were people hunting, there were people looking after the children in the caves, you were safe. If for any reason you were pushed out of that group, you likely wouldn't survive because you relied on other people. And that has stuck with us. So I see a lot of people with um, what they might describe as social anxiety, um, fears of speaking in front of groups of people, fears of what other people might think when you're uh, when you're launching a business and suddenly you've got to put yourself on social media and there's that fear of, oh my gosh, what are my friends and family going to say? Are they going to be like, what are you doing? What's going on? Or things like, you know, in working in offices, judgment of other people, working with teams. So much of it comes down to a feeling of safety or lack of safety. You know, the the person who's scared of heights, it's a feeling of a lack of safety because their brain is saying, this is dangerous, get out of here. And it it so often creates that, that fight or flight response. And what you were saying, Victoria, a second ago is so true in that we have that feeling of, we almost feel the anxiety before we're aware, we're aware that we're feeling the anxiety. And that is because it's your subconscious that flags the danger, whether that's I've got to speak in front of people or I'm at a height or whatever. And it takes about a tenth of a second for that message to get to your conscious mind. So fraction of a second. But in that tenth of a second, 50 meters of brain space has been covered by electrical activity. So the way I describe it is almost like when you realize you're feeling the, the limiting belief or the fear or whatever, it's like a boulder has been pushed over a hill and it's been going for 50 meters and it's gathered speed and weight and momentum. And then you're at the bottom trying to stop it like uh, it's too late. Wouldn't it be so much easier to stop it going in the first place? Because if we use that example of heights, you know, there are so many people that love heights. It's like, I can do this, this is amazing. And then there's gonna be so many people going, this is really scary. So it's not the event, it's the way our mind perceives it that creates that anxiety. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but I think what I'm saying is a feeling of a lack of safety is common and it's just which sort of way that translates in people's minds. Yeah, and I think like you were saying, sometimes they 
could come into a session thinking one thing and then maybe a week later there's four or five other things um which is great which is great i love that yeah the information that you gave us today has been amazing i think most people i mean i don't know if it's just not as popular here i've never heard of bwrt before i started listening to your podcast so maybe i mean i'm interested to see i don't know do you know is it more popular like so the main training is based in the uk and in south africa um so now the training is all over the world and actually the benefit of things moving online was that that could happen that was that was more likely and more easy uh, yes it's it's definitely something that is gaining massive massive momentum um i work with uh, someone i mentioned earlier the the girl with the slug phobia and actually it was her mum that took her back into school and kind of said oh yeah she's fine she's had one session and they said that they heard of it and I think what I'm trying to do is just allow people to know that this is an option allow people to know that this is something that could be right for them or it might not be but if the more people that know about it the more options we have and I think the fact that there's this amazing scientific basis behind it means that there's loads of research you can do. You can understand how it works. Um, I always offer a free consultation for my sessions. So if anyone listening to this is unsure or, you know, they have a friend or family member, like, please do feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to have a chat to point you in the right direction. Um, and yeah, I just think it's it's good that more and more people are hearing about it. So I appreciate you having me on to kind of talk about it. Yeah, thank you. Um, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you want to leave the listeners with, something that might encourage them to try it or I think, any final yeah, thoughts? Just, I just think I would want people to kind of leave this episode feeling like change is possible, um, just feeling like there are techniques out there that really help people. Now, the, there are people who work with, you know, people with severe addiction, people who've overcome PTSD, even things that some people might say that's impossible. Like I, I've seen it and I've, I've known people that have worked with it. So if there is someone in your life or this is you who wants to make a change, have a look at BWRT, see if it's there for you. If, you know, hypnosis, have a look into these things because really change is possible and if that just lightens your mood a bit today or makes you feel like there is some hope, then I feel like I've done my job. I think you've done your job. I, it was, I mean, I'm interested in it. It's like, it seems to be a, totally. a technique that's obviously really working for your clients. Um, just one last thing before you go, we, it's just like a little fun mm -hmm. thing we ask all of, all of the, our um, guests is if you have a mantra that you like that kind of, either keeps you motivated during the day or just keeps you, you know, aligned or yeah. anything you can leave us. I, I don't know if I've stolen, well, language isn't stolen, but I don't know if I've got this from someone. So I'm sorry if you're listening and go, oh, such and such says that. But I, I just think that every day I try and say to myself, my success is inevitable and what is meant for me won't pass me by. I just think that combination of like, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be fine. And if yeah. something is good for me, it's going to come to me because I, I talk a lot about manifestation as well. And I, I think sometimes we can be so blinkered and be like, this is the job. This is the person. This is the route money is going to come to me. And 
we need to take those blinkers off sometimes and go, this would feel good, but I'm open to the idea that there's something even better. Or I'm open to the idea that there's something I don't know yet, and there's something that I haven't seen, but I know it's all going to work out and it's all going to be meant for me. I just think it's really freeing and it takes some of that pressure off each day. So there's my little mantra. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, That's great. So I'm sure there are people who are going to want to reach you. Is the best way on Instagram or can you just let us know? Yeah how our guests can sure I think Instagram is the social platform that I like the most so I'm at victoria.maskell which is just m-a-s-k-e-l-l my website is victoriamaskell.com on my website there's a little email box so you can drop me an email send me a message there Um, and obviously I host the positivity and prosperity podcast so as Nicole was saying you know I've got some episodes on there talking about BWRT and actually um, one of my former clients has done an episode where she's talked about her experience so she talks about it from her perspective what she came with how she found it how she found the process so that would be another good episode just to hear it from someone else's point of view maybe yeah that's really great um well thank you we're so grateful that you took time to talk to us today and we learned so much yeah and we hope that you had an enjoyable time talking about it yeah it's been great. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this. So, And thank you for asking great questions. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Busy People Podcast. You can find highlights from today's episode in the show notes. Please support us by sharing this episode, leaving a rating or review, and subscribing to the show. And to catch all the latest from us, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Busy People Podcast. Join us next time for another enlightening conversation because you're never too busy to learn something new.